and welcome to Imagine Me and Yuri Kuma. I am Panda, I am your host, and I am here with my co-host Alice. Hi, Alice. Hi, Panda. And I am also here with Cass. Hi, Cass. Hey, everybody. It's me. And to help us continue talking about the Yuri Kuma manga, we have Abby. Hi, Abby. Hey, Pans. Now, um, listeners, for you, it will only have been one previous episode, but for us, it has been a while since we recorded the first episode of our coverage of the Yurikuma manga. So I have helpfully, uh, I have a brief little uh, reminder for all of us and also you as to <laughs> how, what we actually managed to get through last episode. So previously on Yurikuma. Kareha has weird dreams. She doesn't fit in because she's not like other girls. Ginko is nice to her. A man flashes them. Ginko takes Kareha to safety. The student council takes care of it. Kareha has another dream about Ginko. The student council boys have a tea party. And that's it. That's all. Oh, that's it. We got so far. That doesn't include all the other amazing tangents we went on, like Victor Hugo style, but... No, I mean, especially because that episode... I haven't finished editing it as we are recording this, but the raw audio time was two hours long. So you are going to keep um, my half hour rant about the Paris sewers, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's relevant world building. Are you kidding me? That's what the yeah, people absolutely. are here for. <laughs> Surely no one will ever, ever have any reason to excise this when adapting it to a popular stage musical. Anyway, Victor Hugo reference done now. <sighs> Okay, oh, but man. it's a shame that they cut Dog Eats Dog because that's such a freaking good song and actually kept her Snotty's character, but that's, I have feelings on that. Um, okay, but what if Bird, we, I just want to talk. What if we did get a Yurikuma musical? That'd be pretty dope, huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, okay, it probably falls somewhere between how the Sarazamai stage play went and how the Utsuna musicals went, with Utsuna being god tier and Sarazamai being like, it's this. <laughs> having a good time but it probably would also be cute goose okay. Okay. Here, here, here's my request we get a yuri kuma musical but we give it to someone wholly unfitting to direct who's had a lot of experience doing stage musicals like wind back time to get steven sondheim in his prime and then tell him you're adapting yuri kuma arashi for the stage oh, well that would be interesting good luck <laughs> You need to do this right after you do Into the Woods, and there, there are no do-overs. Well, as for the Yurikuma manga, we got through two chapters. We are starting chapter three. We were really going to try to get through three chapters, but then we got to the end of chapter two, and we're like, oh god, we have to stop now. So, it is time for chapter three. So, Cass, do you want to tell us... What happens in chapter three of Yuri Kuma Arashi or Yuri Bear Storm? The I, end I can of tell the, you what's manga. happening on the page. I, I don't know if I can adequately explain to you what the significance of it is. So <laughs> we are opening on the Council of Life. Life cool, life sexy, life the other one. Beauty? Life beauty. <laughs> I, I legitimately do forget that his name is Life Beauty. And I keep wanting I, to call him Life Cute. I know, right? He's a little Life Cutie. Yeah, I know, right? So they are having a weird dream logic discussion. They are drawn 
much younger than the versions of them that show up as the student council. They're they obviously look like people. little babies. They're little bear boys. <laughs> just the most adorable little bear friends. And they are sitting at a neat little tea table surrounded by roses because, yeah. And they have a little conversation that basically goes back and forth about humans hiding behind masks in order to adapt to societal expectations. Uh, there's a little bit of a joke in there. One of them notes that that initial quote is from Carl Jung. Life sexy uh, jokes that he prefers Freud's sexier theories. And that is that you fucking does. God, I hate, I hate that. I, I, that, that set me off a little bit. Like fight or, fight or flight response, <laughs> not gonna lie. Life beauty literally, because he is the dumbest but sweetest boy, assumes that people only wear masks in public to stuff like festivals and has to be explained what a metaphor is. It's very cute. And the conversation just like drips into, hey, why are we bears? Which what results bears? in Life Cool saying, bringing up the whole like the Archean Telos of all things. Bears are the Archean Telos of all things. <laughs> with the image of our collective unconsciousness, which is found in the greatest depths of the human psyche. Which I think means this is literally a spin-off of Persona 5. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that is exactly what that means. This is of literally the plot of spoiler, this is literally just the plot of like three different persona games. <laughs> so everyone is confused by this and mostly Life Beauty, and Life Cool finally just goes, We're all in a dream and you know, when asked whose dream it is, just explains, it belongs to all of us and we'll forget about it when we wake up. Which is basically just, I can only describe this as Ikuhara turning to the viewer and going, I'm going to say the themes now. <laughs> oh my god. I need to explain to you the themes because I don't trust you to pick them up otherwise. Just remember, I gave you all the tools. Mr. Policeman, I gave you all the clues. <laughs> so uh, we also get a very cute splash page that is, I I'm going to call it tastefully implied nude Koreha and Gita, yeah. uh staring longingly to into each other's eyes in a field of lily flowers. You can't really tell. It's like, well, you can. It's like very obvious, but the way they're drawn is very clearly kind of focusing from the shoulders up so it looks a lot more intimate than it does necessarily sexy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's I mean like we we see a lot of that like non-sexual nudity in manga and anime used to denote uh you know like innocence or purity or whatever. And this is definitely one of those times. Yeah. If I were to describe a splash page that was like going overboard and trying to beat you in the face with its what it's trying to say, it would be these two pages. Yeah. <laughs> There's literally a field of roses. There are two different flower fields. Yeah. Roses and lilies. Uh, I should also mention, because it, it is mildly important for people, like, I, I don't want to not give Ikuhara credit for something I think he's trying to do here. There is probably some significance to the fact that life beauty and life uh, sexy are playing chess at the tea party. Oh, they are, aren't they? Yeah, mm -hmm. and because like uh, one of the little panels on that page even focuses on the individual chess pieces. Mm -hmm. It looks like they're very late into the game, in fact. Like, people's bishops and everything have been taken already. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't know what that means, but I think it means something. So hands up. Uh, I can tell you what the splash page means because we get kind of the closest thing to an explanation we'll get for that entire dream sequence, which is a text box on the page over Ginkgo and Kureha saying, I've shown you my true self, but what version of me is reflected in your eyes? Wait, wait, Cass, I just thought thought of a funny joke. Go on. The lilies and the roses are the two genders, women and cis women. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there we go. We're there. (laughs) Anyway, we can continue now. I, I'm just going to descend into the core of the earth and we'll get you back at the end of the episode. Okay, next page. So, Koreha gets ready for school. She thinks, like, she's going to let her hair down, take her glasses off, and look up instead of at the ground when she enters the class. She's She basically takes to heart all the things Ginkgo kind of said to, would be good for her to do last time. The, she gives herself her own rom-com makeover. Yes, which I really like. No one notices her when she greets them, though, except for Ginkgo. And Ginkgo is like, oh, you look super cute. You know, you look you look like your real self. And Ginkgo says, where's my hug? <laughs> Ginkgo just literally, like, touches her face, calls her pretty, points out that Kuroha's face is red, checks her to see if she has a fever. <laughs> um, and Ginkgo's like... I still think something's off about this. I can't put my finger on what, which has to be her trolling. Yeah. Well, There's well, no I way. Mean, she's remembering last night's dream, right? But she's remembering the two of them like naked with each other. I think that's what it was implying. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely what it's implying. But I think, yeah. I do think Ginkgo, your girl you are definitely flirting with is reacting to your flirting. You cannot be this. De- okay. No, Ginkgo can absolutely be the stents. What am I saying? Ginkgo is not. Yeah, have you met Ginkgo? I walked myself back. Yeah, it strikes me a lot as the kind of thing where it's like, you know, everything's changed a lot for how Kureha is kind of thinking about her, but Ginkgo isn't quite there yet. So she's just, you know, business as usual. And Kureha's like, so much has changed. Yeah. So we kind of follow Kureha through the day. After Ginkgo publicly kind of greets her, everyone starts noticing that Kureha looks different. Everyone's kind of gathering around, complimenting her on her new look. Ginko actually has to push everyone else out of the way to make sure that she can claim a seat next to Kureha. Kureha experiences how bright the sunlight in the classroom is because she's used to just, like, looking down. It's not normal for her to look around and realize there's a glare. Which I think is, that's a cute little moment. I like that a lot. Like this mm-hmm. this whole chapter is basically if I if I were to speed summarize it, uh, this chapter is basically playing with the idea of Koreha showing her true self isn't good just because it means she can be together with Ginkgo. It's good because her true self is someone that other people could and should and do think is cool, actually. She is a mm-hmm. cool person and she should always have been willing to think of herself as a cool and good person. And we get, like, lots of little anecdotes. We do find out that Ginkgo doesn't know what UV rays are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ginkgo is so dumb. They don't teach you shit in bear school. They, they do not. Like, a bunch of people, like, give them advice on how to do skincare because they're like, oh, your skin's so pale, you need to remember to wear, like, high-strength sunscreen, you know? <laughs> Which... <laughs> 
Fucking fair. Like, I also have fairly fair skin, and I turn into a lobster in summer. Same. I just fucking die. I, I just don't go in the sun, or else, yeah, it's just those Irish genes did not prepare me. The whole chapter feels like acclaimed Yuri Magaka, uh, Milk Morinaga, did a thing called uh, Girlfriends? Yes. That, yeah, Girlfriends so good. Is pretty good. Okay, you've read it then. Doesn't yeah. this beginning of the chapter just feel like the entire first arc of Girlfriends, like, condensed into four pages? I really, like, forgot about that, but now you're saying that, I'm like, I've seen this dynamic before, where it's just, like, that's why it seems so familiar to me. The kind of, like, oblivious one, and the one who's like, oh my god, but I'm actually, like, crushing on this girl, but I don't know. Yeah. Even the way they're drawn reminds me of Girlfriends mm-hmm. sometimes. It's very I, I reminiscent. I just be literally what they're doing, though I'm not sure what order these two were published in. Girlfriends is a little lighter. Definitely. But, but yeah. like, a lot of the Yuri mangaka, like, they share a genre style. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very, it is very cute Yuri manga. So, Koreha actually just, Sherlock Holmes predicts a pop quiz in math that everyone needs to study for, and she also predicts all the questions based entirely on what the teacher was last teaching, and everyone's like, Girl, you've been Sherlock Holmes this entire time, and you never told us. Could you please help me gamble better? <laughs> Which is a legitimate thing to say when you realize your classmate is fucking Sherlock Holmes. So I do want to win horse race bets. But Kareha just literally has... Oh, I forget that Kareha literally says, oh, it's just like a manga. Yeah, I. that's always my favorite moment in a manga or anime when they're like, oh, it's just like in an anime. I'm like, ha ha ha, because you're an anime. Yeah, for once, I actually think the joke works. Yeah. That joke, but this is one of those rare times where it happens and I'm like, no, I see exactly why you wanted to put this thing in here. It does feel appropriate to this story to have Koreha react that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Koreha and Ginko kind of bond over that Ginko just kind of goes like, see, I always knew that you could literally like wow the entire class like this. Koreha kind of talks about a history she's had of being picked on and glared at by other kids. And Ginko kind of reminds her gently like, elementary schoolers are just losers. And you should probably- They're jerks. They're jerks. We're, we're in high school now. Like most of these people have done at least- a minimum level of growing up. They're they're kind they're not okay. as bad. I do appreciate the vibe of this is very much the vibe I had when I first started high school because I completely get that whole idea of like people's voices and movements have gotten calmer. Oh the, yeah, absolutely. Did not help me have a good high school experience for most of high school, but it was good when it started. Mm-hmm. And we get a sweet little moment where Koreha realizes that. She wants to just keep being herself, essentially. She wants to kind of continue experiencing this feeling of being someone who isn't hiding all the time. And I just now realize this entire chapter is a metaphor for coming out, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I uh, I definitely see that. <laughs> I feel really dumb that I didn't just say that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's literally what's happening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, this this whole chapter is just kind of on some level about coming out and being accepted. Mm-hmm. We also get Koreha thanking Ginko, and she uses the words, she wants to spread the wings of her gratitude for her, which I would love to see if it, that's, 
sentence scans a little bit better in Japanese. I think it's cute, but it's a little, like, the phrasing is a little awkward. Uh, if I were localizing this manga, I would probably have been a little, I, I would have tried to avoid being as literal with that translation. Mm-hmm. But it is a very striking image. Yeah, and they're both a little blushy. Yeah, they are. It, this is such a cute chapter. This manga is really cute, just in general. Like, the art style really suits it. And just when I think we're making progress on chapter three, I forget how long the chapters of this manga are, and we get to uh, Ginkgo playing Go with Life Sexy. Yeah, this is going to be a recurring thing. <laughs> this does sure happen. Yep. Ginkgo has a whole thing with Life Sexy in this manga. Or his student council equivalent, I should say, because they're not necessarily the same character. Yeah, but we also never really get names for them. So I, in my notes, I just sort of continue to refer to them by those names because like otherwise, what else am I going to do, you know? I feel that. Life president is what I'm going to call him from now on. (laughs) That's really good. So life president and Ginkgo are playing Go and... It's kind of a weird vibe, like, you get the sense that, one, they do this a lot. Like, this is not the first time they've hung out and played this particular game together. hmm And two, there's definitely an implication of, like, for whatever reason, Life Prez keeps tabs on Ginkgo. hmm You know, he goes so far as to ask her, like, yeah, why didn't you bring Kureha? And Ginkgo makes the very transparent excuse that Kureha doesn't play Go. <laughs> It's so you won't creep on her, creep. Yep. She kind of goes like, you seem to know a lot about what's going on in my life. And he tells her straight up, I'm madly in love with you and want to know everything about you. To which she responds, you're a womanizer. And I, do you keep tabs on everyone in the school like this? To which she answers by asking if Koreha can play chess, which might explain the chessboard in the dream sequence earlier. Yeah, I hadn't really made the connection, but yeah. Yeah, like, that's the only thing I can think of. The conversation kind of continues, and basically, Ginkgo very much gives off the vibe of, like, I would like you to please stay away from Kureha, and... I think that's a bit nicer than Ginkgo would put it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me put it this way. Please stay away from my girlfriend or there will be consequences. Well, she she does say specifically several panels, or a couple of panels later, lay your hands on Kareha and I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah the please is very polite for her. <laughs> yeah. She's making a little bear face and it's really cute. Yup. You know, life sexy is kind of like the fact that you don't want me to meet her just makes me want me to meet with her more. And Ginkgo threatens him and finally uh, Life Prez just goes like, I'll stay away from Kureha, but only on the condition that you accept my feelings for you. Which mm. she says yes to. This is a weird fucking sequence. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think... What does that mean, accept my feelings? Is she... Like, well, I can't tell if he means it like, is this supposed to be a, you have to acknowledge that I feel this way? Or is it like you're supposed to reciprocate? Well... Because it's so weird. We kind of find out what it means a little later. I think, I don't remember if it's in this chapter, but... It, it, it is in this chapter. So the implication is that Life Prez is going like, 
if you let me date you, then I will not be weird to Kareha, which is creepy mm-hmm. as hell. Yeah. It's pushy and it's extremely creepy. And he is definitely meant to be kind of a creepy character in this moment. But based on how things play out later, there is a something of a limit on that. In yeah. That he has, he does, he still has some kind of boundary. He's not Akio. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he is very much not Akio. <laughs> to be fair, most that bar people... is pretty low. Um, yeah, <laughs> we set the bar at Akio, and we're barely. <laughs> you you set the bar at Akio, and you're not even picking it up off the ground. It's just laying there. Yeah, but set the bar at Akio. You have to actually go into the sub basement. Kuriha and Eriko are cleaning in the student, or uh, not the student council room, in the classroom or in the bathroom rather, and. They have a little conversation where Eriko implies that basically there's a school, there seems to be a school rumor that whenever Ginkgo meets with Life Prez for Go, which is a thing that has definitely been happening on the regular, mm-hmm. that they are making out or something. Everyone thinks that they're an item. And stuff. And stuff. Yeah, they, they basically, the hot gossip of the school is that Ginkgo is fucking the student council president. Yeah. And that's really. That's a kind of an interesting thing to bring up because it adds a little bit of drama to the whole thing, but also kind of plays off the idea of kind of like how um, the anime played off the idea of this is kind of like a way that women are shitty to each other in terms of like social hierarchies. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a, this is a way women are shitty to each other in more of a passive way where people see things like this happening and instead of questioning like isn't the power dynamic there kind of screwed up they Mm -hmm. treat it as sort of like isn't that ginkgo a little bit you know bold (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it's very you know bold is certainly a word yeah it's they're not quite walking all the way up to the line of openly slut-shaming her, but it's very obvious from the way she talks about it that everyone just assumes that, like, Ginkgo is willingly giving it up for life prez, which she, she isn't either of those things. Yeah. So we cut back to the student council room. Uh, the notes here are mildly incorrect, I will note, because it says Kareha tells life prez this. Oh, Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I almost read that, which would be a very different story. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different, uh, very different moment. So Ginkgo basically plays her trump card, which is after acquiescing to Life Press's advances, she just goes like, all right, here's the deal. If you stay away from Kureha, I won't be your girlfriend, but I'll be your playmate. And Life Sexy yeah. Life Press is like, so what does that mean? And Ginko's like, you literally, this is not even a double entendre, my dude. There is exactly one meaning you can draw from this. There is exactly one entendre here. Yeah, they're gonna play Go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he tells her not to joke, and she said, she just goes like, I'm deadly serious. You stay away from Kareha, I will, you know, have sex with you. The look on her face when she's saying, as long as you don't lay a finger on Kareha, is so, like, it if you saw this face out of context, it just looks like she's like, okay, can I just like a happy face. Yeah, it's so, it's it's so, so intense. This is fucking Rena asking you uncomfortable questions about the fucking cotton drifting festival. Yes. <laughs> oh no. Oh yes. 
I feel like Yuri Kuma would be improved if uh, we occasionally saw people with the Hinamizawa syndrome eyes. <laughs> You're not wrong. You could use a little bit of that darkness to it. <laughs> like it, it, just the way it's drawn is like walking as close to the line of this is a horror manga image. She It'd looks be so, so intense. Fun if they leaned into that. I think that's one of my major like wishes for this. Like it, 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 it stays. Kind of like how the anime does a little more. Yeah. 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 I just wish Ginko had like pulled out like a pair of scissors from under the desk. <laughs> or a knife. As long as you don't lay a finger on Kuraya. <laughs> so we do not immediately see how that play what Life Prez's response is, because the next scene is Kureha in the library, uh looking at books and and just thinking about like, I guess Ginko and Life Prez would make a good couple. Just like a couple in a manga. manga. (laughs) Which, yeah, that's why I am completely okay with the it's just like a manga thing. (laughs) Like, they they do something with it. Yeah. They do something with it other than just bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. Ginkgo just sneaks up behind her before she can let her adolescent fantasies of girl I have a crush on may or may not have a partner. And just grabs Kuraiha and goes like, hey, uh, Life President's girlfriend showed up. We had to put our Go match on hold. And we see the girlfriend. Which I think is basically just to establish this is not an excuse. This is a real person who really showed up. Mm-hmm. Which means that the whole thing where Life Prez was pressuring Ginkgo was definitely not like a completely innocent little, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense why she's calling him a womanizer. Oh, yeah. Because it's not just, like, some of the other stuff you could almost have gone, like, well, he's not necessarily stalking her. He could just be really observant. This is just, like, no, we're not even leaving the ambiguity of that. Like, this was him being a shitty dude the whole time. Yeah, and I believe, like, they say, like, he's got lots of girlfriends, not even just, like, this one. And Kuriha just is just initially a little flustered by this, but is just relieved to go like, oh, good, thank God, you're not actually dating him. But look at the book she was getting. Uh, She got Go for Beginners because she wants to play Go with Ginkgo. And Ginkgo goes, I I don't think you'll like it. Kureha wants to try it. Ginkgo's like, I I don't think you need to force yourself to learn Go and it's fine, you're fine the way she is. Let me learn to play chess. So I, I think what we can take away from this manga is that Go is for heteros and chess is for the gays. Oh, no, oh god, it is it is literally a metamorphosis. Bisexuals have to play one with each hand at the same time. It's that, but like I think it is, they are actually kind of using it as sort of a metaphor for... Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm being glib, but yeah. like, yeah. yeah. I don't know why this didn't register to me the first time I was speed reading the manga. I feel like you answered your own question by saying you yeah. were speed reading the manga. Yeah. Don't be too hard. I didn't yourself. even pick up on it when I was making the notes. Otherwise, I definitely would have said something about it in my volume notes. <laughs> yeah, but that's very much what they're doing here is Ginkgo is just going like, you don't have to rush to have this kind of intimate relationship with me. Let me learn something that's important to you instead. It's cute. Which, yeah, it's like, it's meant to contrast the Prez's pushy, shitty behavior with Ginkgo's. Mm-hmm. Though also, she's, uh, it's very transparently trying to keep Kuriha from having anything that the president can pounce on. Yeah. yeah. 
Very much that. Actually, like, I'm gonna be honest, I have to hand this to Ikuhara. Usually I tend to think of Ikuhara as a storyteller where it's like, it doesn't super matter if you, in his stories, if you can't find the logical cause and effect for every action because some things are just okay as metaphors that appear on screen. This manga, he commits really hard to like, I'm gonna make sure as many of my metaphors as possible are also actions that are entirely understandable within the story. It is a lot more grounded in that regard, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's necessarily better than his usual method of storytelling, but it is interesting seeing him do it like this, because it does kind of confirm that it's not that he can't do it like that. You know, it's not that he can't tell stories with that kind of conceit. It's that he doesn't do that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I, I think it's kind of neat noticing that. And we turn the page and we get to see uh, Lulu's butt. Yeah, that's a thing that's going to happen now. I mean, we still have last couple panels on the last page, but we do see Lulu butt. I am um, not sure what this cheesecake art from someone's Twitter feed is doing in this manga, but <laughs> it is a very, very cute butt shot. 10 out of 10 would commission this artist. <laughs> I like uh, at the very end of the it chapter, Kareha sure says, uh, I wonder why I feel so anxious. My heart is racing almost like it does right before a storm. An invisible storm? But, um. <laughs> she said the thing! She said the thing! Yep. Yeah, this, this definitely strikes me as like, ooh, we're trying to title drop. Will we actually go anywhere with this? Not really, but we're gonna title <laughs> drop it. Get it? Because it's a bear storm. It's in, it's in the title, guys. Get it? Get it? It's the bear yeah. storm. Can we talk about the face that Ginkgo is making in the very first panel in, in this chapter four? How do you feel about it, Alice? This is the face that the crazy person in the horror movie makes when they're staring. <laughs> I, I can't. Why, why is the main character of Mirai Nikki in this manga now? This is the face that the crazy killer makes when they look at their collection of very, very scary knives. It's a very startling image, frankly. And in lieu of scary knives, it's a stuffed bear. It is just there. It's a scary it, bear. To be fair, it is a scary bear. It has really unnecessarily big eyes. I, I'm sorry, unnecessarily big eyes is what you're focused I mean, on? Not eyes, I'm sorry, uh, teeth. Okay. <laughs> I, again, and I just have to stress this, I am waiting desperately for when Ginkgo begins to ask some of the characters' uncomfortable questions about the Cotton Drifting Festival. <laughs> yeah. This is where we're going, and it's the only way that makes sense. Like, at what it's point true. does she kill Keiichi? <laughs> it's true, and it does remind me a lot of Higurashi. Like, this was in my notes, you know, like, you know, the, so the stuffed bear is a substitute for her mom, so that's pretty, like, a lot. And then it's just, like, it has this ominous nature to it, but it's also very childish. So there's that juxtaposition of the violence of this kind of bear with its, you know, teeth literally bared and this kind of childish design so there's this this tension there which is really interesting but i say interesting because there's there's not really anything of note i think to make of it it's just it's there it's again like we've said you know unsettling drifting festival when like let's let's do this (laughs) rip open this bear you know there's the cotton you know (laughs) here we go honestly I think that, like, knowing where the manga is going, what they're probably playing with here is early hints that Ginkgo Mm -hmm. is 
slightly out of touch with reality as everyone else experiences it. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that when I was like first reading it, but yeah, definitely they're they're hinting at that, which is, you know, a direction they take in the manga, which is different. Yeah. And I, I think that, like, it is notable that, like, that comes out most when she is thinking about her mother, because her mother is yeah. kind of the reason. And that's, and that's one of the largest departures, right, that the manga takes is, you know, yeah. her mother, which I have thoughts and feelings, but that's for later chapters. I have lots of feelings about that. Guys, on the, it, this is basically just Higurashi front. Instead of it being Onikakushi, it's Kuma Kakushi. <laughs> the invisible storm is see that would actually make fucking sense <laughs> <laughs> oh, i didn't know, i didn't did know ikuni was a um oh god what's that guy's name ryukishi yeah ryukishi seven ryukishi seven mm. yeah what happened to the other six that's what you'd like to know (laughs) they all died trying to solve the logic puzzle (laughs) those were the other loops right you know oh yeah Yeah. of course yeah yeah this is this is just the seventh one was the one where he got out finally yeah uh ginko's talking to this it it is a stuffed bear which i as evidence in my notes I was not a hundred percent sure that this was a stuffed bear to begin with because yeah. It looks just like the other bears do in this series. So I really thought that she just had a bear sitting on her table that she was talking to and it was her mom. Yeah. That's a totally fair assumption. I think I probably thought that the first time too. It it took me a minute to really get that, oh, this is just like a doll. It is a very cute beat. I, I actually, so I like, sorry, the next beat is very cute. I'm thinking ahead. This beat's very good. I actually like it a lot because Ginkgo is, while she is a, it's a little bit unsettling how she's behaving, what she's saying isn't unsettling at all. Mm-hmm. Which kind of also reinforces something else that I do kind of like about how they handle Ginkgo, which is Ginkgo's perception of reality is obviously not what everyone else sees, but that doesn't actually make her dangerous yeah this manga could have gone with to the the place of like ginkgo has some clear problems with mental health and trauma and that makes her bad and scary because she behaves erratically and it never goes there i don't think it ever goes there once it goes to people being worried about her it goes to this does represent certain challenges to her being able to move forward with certain relationships because it complicates them Mm -hmm. but it never goes to ginkgo has some clear like visual hallucinatory stuff going on and therefore scary yeah so i just want to acknowledge that about this manga i I do like that they handled that specific element of her fairly Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. so she's telling her mom about kareha yeah, she tells her mom about Kareha, and she implies some stuff that's important to the story, which, you know, first of all, she establishes that she did learn chess. And then second, she goes, Kareha is my soulmate. It's just like you said, mom. I knew she was the one the instant I met her. I think that bubble is, by the way, not from Ginko's mom. Uh, that the, Yeah. The, Ginko's the only one talking. Yeah, well, like I said, when I wrote the notes, this was me reacting in real time. So I did think that it was 
the bear talking to her, but no, it is yeah. uh, Ginkgo talking to herself. Ginkgo talking to herself, thinking about what she wants to say to her mother, yeah. And she kind of asks her mom, like, rhetorically, I wonder what you meant when you said that our destiny may not be one where we end up together, but I'm not going to give up on these feelings and I'm not going to give up on Kareha. Mm-hmm. And then... Dun dun dun! It's time for our third girl. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to Hiding in the Bushes, Stalker <laughs> Lulu. I really like this intro, actually. Like, I think it's just amazing for comic it. relief. Yeah. Yeah, like, in the context of this being a manga, this is very cute, and... Hey, look, it's me! Because in the art, I'm Lulu. Yeah. I know. How long were you standing outside my window before you finally abducted me to Mississippi? <laughs> Oh, ages. I I have a question. Do you guys think that that's actually an owl saying hoot hoot, or do you think that it, that is Lulu? I absolutely hoot think hoot. that's Lulu saying hoot. That's hoot. Lulu. That's two hundred percent. Oh, it's definitely Lulu. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I mean, like it even like it's drawn in a human speech bubble. It has to be. Say, yeah, it's not a sound effect. Oh, she's like, oh, it's just an owl. That's fine. Owls do that. Yep, I've been told that they do that. Also, I should note that Lulu is in this image wearing basically the things she wears in the main series when she is showing off her cutesy bear girl form, mm-hmm. which is unusual in the context of this manga because that fantasy element is not a thing in the Yurikuma manga, which means she's wearing a costume. Yes. She put on her sexy bear girl cosplay. To sit outside Ginko's window and you know, confirm like your Ginko limbs. That's just how it happens when you're a lesbian. Very normal lesbian behavior. This is a part of the lesbian mating ritual. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me of the cosplaying of your people. Oh no. Uh, so midterms are over. Yeah, midterms over. Everybody's excited about it, and now they can prep for the school festival. And since Curryha's class has been assigned the role of, like, setting up the little cafe for it, they are doing a maid cafe theme. Ginko's like, I don't know, that seems a little cliche, and Curryha's like, I think it's cute. Ah, fine, I guess it's a classic, you know. (laughs) It's very, very sweet. Just, how do I put this? This conversation is giving me big talking with another transbian vibes. <laughs> it's very cute. So Kureha is actually um, getting the costumes together. They go to a fabric store, it looks they like. They go to a fabric store, to, yeah, to find stuff to make aprons with. And uh, Ginko actually teases her and goes like, you know, I-, I-, I can't just leave you alone. You know, I appreciate you saying I don't have to come with you, but... You know, you you thought I was a a bear from another galaxy not long ago, and we're completely (laughs) ready to believe that, so I I do not want to leave you by yourself. And Karina's just like, oh, come on, please stop teasing me. When are you going to forget about that? Yeah. Very cute. It's very cute. Yeah, it's, it's just a good interaction. While Kareha is getting excited about a particular kind of lace, Ginko thinks to herself that it's really annoying she has to go to school every day, and it's because it's troublesome, and it's complicated, and even though she made her soulmate, it kind of sucks. I know, right? Which kind of (laughs) implies that Ginko, in fact, came to this specific school looking for Kureha. 
Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, not something we'd heard before. No. Someone wonders if the skirts for the maid dresses are a little short. Someone else is like, nah, nah, the short ones are stylish. Ginko just goes like, you know what? I suck at delicate handiwork. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> and I feel like my life has been downgraded because now I have to participate in society. <laughs> I wish to move into the woods. Well, she is a bear. That's where she shits. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Classic content here on formerly Utena podcast. We are always forever Utena podcast. Even when we are not, we are still an Utena podcast. I know. Transcendentally. <laughs> so we have all of that going on. Ginko sniffs Kareha. It's very cute. And then has her thoughts drifting to, I want to lock Kareha up somewhere where no one can touch her or get in the way of our love. <laughs> uh, I know that you have written, this is very healthy. Extremely healthy. Very good. I really like this panel in terms of like the horror vibes. Like I was like, especially the dead eyes. Uh, yeah. It's just the line work. I really love the stark line work. And, you know, without the screen tones, it just shines. You know what yeah. this, this image reminds me of is the pictures of promo art for the Utena movie where it's yeah. got, like, the couples doing, like, like very sensual poses together where they're all, like, kind of naked. That's what this yeah. reminds me of. It does! It's very similar mm-hmm. energy now you mention it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Life Beauty talks to Life Prez and goes like, Hey, how are things going with Ginko? Nothing's happened. So you didn't sleep with her. I guess you're taking it slow this time. <laughs> Please stop being vulgar, Life Beauty. And Life Prez is like, Life Prez is just like, Life Beauty, don't be rude. Do you really think I'm that kind of guy? Of course. <laughs> of course. I'm not that dumb. It's very funny. <laughs> yep. uh, Life Prez basically goes, Ginko more or less said, you know, she'd she'd have sex with me even though she doesn't love me, which makes me happy because that means she's available for that, but also that's really depressing. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and Lightpool's like, you know, if Ginko really meant that, you should probably be cautious about that. And uh, Lightpress clarifies, you know, rather than being cautious, I should really be worried. Mm-hmm. Which... I'm interpreting that as meaning that interaction as being life cool going like, okay, if the girl is coming on to you with that kind of stipulation, there might be some underlying crazy there you should watch out for. Mm -hmm. And life prez in a moment that's like mildly redeeming for him on the scale of douche meter goes, no, I am worried parentheses for her sake. I see. Yeah. Yeah, like there. there I mean, he may be a dick, but like even he can recognize when something is very not right. That is kind of that was a very creepy interaction, also for him. Like it is just a creepy, it's just a creepy Mm -hmm. moment. Like you'd have to be kind of dumb not to pick up that weird vibe. Yeah. So Kareha takes Ginko to the dorm. (laughs) Note from Panda here says, "Disappointed Kareha doesn't live in the psycho house anymore." I'm very disappointed. I that's one of my favorite set pieces from the anime. Back. Yeah, but it's just not like, you know, it's we not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. So Ginko kind of comments like your dorm is a little run down, but at least it's close to the school. Kureha invites Ginko up, offers to make her tea. They talk about how right now Kureha is living alone in a room for two people, but she's getting a roommate soon. 
and she's looking forward to meeting her. Ginko's like, I wish she would just move in with V. And right as Ginko's about to ask Kureha something, Lulu just jumps in and goes like, Hey, Ginko! I knew I recognized you! And Lulu just goes, So, the manga thus far has been not particularly cheesecakey. No, but this, however... Lulu says, I'm sorry, I don't care what you think, I am going to make it so. <laughs> Lulu just does descend into the comic, Pendy Shot First, which is startling it is arresting not in that it's a beautiful image but that it is sort of sort of a wow it's like watching a train wreck that flies <laughs> wow yeah, the parasol that... just gets me the parasol is such a great element it turns it from being oh That's come on favorite. to oh this is actually kind of great if it were just this it would be beautiful and i would love it oh god i just had an awful thought alice Oh god. What? The year is after panty shot. <laughs> 10 19. <laughs> yeah, sneaking a little bit of dune there. I was going more for uh, after colony. Oh god, yeah, fucking operation M. <laughs> <laughs> Behold, it is Hero Yui reborn, but we are this time. Okay, but Hero Yui getting reborn as a disaster lesbian would in fact be the best possible outcome for that character, so. And for the two of you, I imagine. I, I would have something to talk about. <laughs> Maybe we would have finished Gundam Wing if that had been like that. Yeah! Yeah, they should have thought about that. They should have thought about that. So, now that we're done throwing very mild shade at a pretty okay series, with Lulu's intro to the manga, like, she literally jumps down, attempting to float down like Mary fucking Poppins. <laughs> Fails. Loses her umbrella. Is sad because she's lost her parasol. She destroyed it. Physics yeah. did not was not her friend. The law of gravity said not today. <laughs> yep. Curry has just like, oh crap, are you okay? Ginko is literally sitting there going like, her first thought when she's gathered any of brain cells to think with is, Oh my god, why did you think that would work? <laughs> why are you wearing fake bear ears? And Lulu just goes like, Oh yeah, also, I'm just gonna kiss Ginkgo and uh, tell you that I've missed you so much. Which she then does. Just incredibly forward. Kureha is having intense feelings about this. This is kind of one of my favorite tropes in a in like anime and manga is like the character who shows up and declares that they are either the or a main character's like fiance or betrothed yeah. in some way like yeah what's her name from uh Lama one half well i was thinking of car captor sakura the mei ling Yes. Yeah. I've never watched the anime, but thank you, famous <laughs> MVP coming to Crockett Sakura. But yeah, that's one of my favorite comedy bits is a character who is determined that they are a character's fiance or whatever. I, I, I kind of love here that like the shadow Chi Chi. <laughs> God damn it! I, I actually like it better here than I do some of those other places, particularly mm -hmm. because when. The relationship in question is gay. One of the functions that this does uh -huh. is just, like, remove the ambiguity of the story you're, you're watching.
watching. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. It's not like a unfortunate head love triangle, which is usually what this trope tries to do. Yeah, I'm also going to be like very bold here and say something that will probably get me excommunicated from this podcast. Oh boy. I kind of like Bonga Lulu better than I like Anime Lulu. <gasps> Interesting! State your case. I really like her too. Like I, in the anime, I thought she was fine, but she really struck me as incredibly charming in the manga. So it doesn't surprise yeah. me to hear you say that. Yeah. So my case here is basically Lulu is, in terms of how she acts and her overall personality, she is basically unchanged between the manga and the anime in a way that almost no other character is. But in the manga, that kind of character works a little, is a little more natural working. Yeah, she does something very different, and her manga backstory is very different to her anime one in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It shares most of the basic beats, but because everyone is humans in the manga, some of the stuff in it takes on different meanings than it did in the anime. And I kind of love also that the Ginkgo is the one with the fixation on bears. Lulu kind of comes in and her entire thing seems to be... I'm just going to describe this. This is kind of like a weird way of putting it. You know how, like, for a couple of episodes after Asuka shows up, Evangelion just turns into a high school comedy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the effect that Lulu has on the manga in some ways. She comes in, goes, we're just gonna do all of the anime tropes in a row and get them out of our system right now, and then <laughs> shit starts going down. That's basically, like, the, the arc of the story from this point forward. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I, I kind of appreciate how, how out there she is. One of my favorite character archetypes in anime is the... I refuse to be told that I'm not living in an anime character when they're yes. done well. And Lulu is very much that character. Oh, absolutely. In a lot of ways, I am very forgiving of the uh, panty fall here because it kind of feels like Lulu is walking into the story, kicking over, you know, all of its established conventions and how it does things prior to this point and going like, I want it to work like this and you're, God damn it, you're gonna let it. You might say that Lulu fell ass first into this story. She really did. Oh my god. <laughs> In more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, for the record, it makes the splash page, the first splash page of her being a weird, awkward panty shot, make a tiny bit more sense. Yeah. When you realize that it's foreshadowing. Yeah, I mean, you make a point. So, I'm not saying they went a good place, but I am <laughs> saying they went a place. <laughs> so, getting back to the actual, like, chapter, we kind of get a whole little interaction after Lulu kisses Ginkgo. Lulu just explains, hey, I'm Ginkgo's soulmate. I'm also your new roommate, Kareha. I transfer to the school tomorrow. And I'm Ginkgo's girlfriend. Which Ginkgo's like... <laughs> No, <laughs> that, that that never happened. What are you talking about? Uh, apparently her original plan was to surprise Ginkgo in class, but the fact that they coincidentally happened to run into each other at the dorm excited her too much, so she jumped down early because <laughs> she feels like it means they're destined for one another. I should also clarify that through this whole thing, Lulu has, is still wearing that exact costume and no one has explained yet why. 
No one's even asked. No one's even asked. I mean, with that kind of entrance, would you? It's just like, okay, you're just yeah, I mean, One thing at a time, yeah. It's like, we don't have time to unpack all of this. <laughs> yep. So Ginkgo just goes like, I literally don't know who you are. And Lulu explains that 10 years ago, according to her, Ginkgo was a princess who lived in a big castle in the middle of a forest, and Lulu was her maid. Ikuhara, get a new shtick. <laughs> I was just about to say I liked this, even though it is extremely Ikuhara. Yeah, to which Ginko and Korea both go like, we yeah. have questions. Um, Lulu's p- also claims that she and Ginko made a promise to love each other forever, but because we were both girls and of different social castes, our love was forbidden. I was banished, and you were sent far away. But we were bound by destiny, and someday we'll we'll reunite. And I was right about that, because we're here now! <laughs> and Ginko's just like, I literally don't remember this. She Lulu goes to kiss Ginko, and Ginko moves out of the way, so you see Lulu just thunk right to the ground. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, I... I, I Literally none of that happened. Ginko does clarify she's been living in the same place for 10 years and mentions this town has no forest and I've never lived in a castle. And Lulu admits my memories are a little hazy probably because this was a while ago. Ginko just kind of dismisses her as delusional. But according to Lulu, she has photo evidence. She has a photo on her phone of the two of them when they were little. Which, I am, okay, that means that this took place, that that flashback took place in an era where smartphones were a thing. Not necessarily. She could have transferred this picture from a previous phone, because you can see it's not the same, the picture isn't the same dimensions as her phone screen. Actually, yeah, you're- We're talking about all this non-important things, we could be talking about the fact that Kiko has the most adorable little kid up. I, that's true. Yeah, she she's dressed. She's very clearly dressed as like a cute little bear princess, which really cute. And and Lulu is also dressed as a bear, which is adorable. Little bear maid. It's very little cute. bear maid. Like it's very obviously, it, it's kind of very obvious from this picture's existence that the two of them were childhood friends of some variety. Oh my god, they were childhood friends. Yeah, and that Lulu is kind of recall half remembering the games they played as being reality that makes sense yeah yeah at least that's what you're meant to think at this point in the manga yeah 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 so koreha goes like you two are adorable and she points out the stuffed bear that it's in ginko's lap and goes like that's also cute and lulu goes that's ginko's mom (laughs) so it then then clarifies Ginko used the stuffed bear to substitute for her mother because Ginko's mom was frail and sickly and was rarely at home. I really like the shot of Ginko's mom. <sighs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lulu just asks, like, do you still have that bear? And Ginko's like, yes. Uh, Abby, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, instead of buying the bear, maybe they could have gone to Ginko therapy, but that's just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> maybe both, you know? Um Unfortunately, I don't think Ginko's mother understands what therapy is. She sure the hell doesn't. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. So we, we get clarification. Ginko clarifies, like, yeah, that, that the bear is entirely real, and yes, I still talk to it. Koreha asks where Ginko's mom is, and Ginko confirms, my mom is still living abroad getting treatments, so I'm living with my aunt. 
put a pin in that for later. Put a pin the fuck in that. And Ginkgo kind of goes like, you probably think I'm dumb talking to stuffed animals. And I was like, no, no, I understand. I lost my mom when I was very young. So I talked to photographs of her. And Ginkgo acknowledges that Kareha looks like a clone of her mother. Yeah, it's a very sweet little interaction. Kareha actually like introduces Ginkgo to the photo of her mother that she talks to sometimes. And Ginkgo introduces herself to the photo and it's cute. Yeah, like... I am going to note that, like, one little detail that that makes the scene play out even better is that this is kind of a thing that... Here I go talking about cultural details I half remember. <laughs> so get, get, please someone own me if I get this wrong. So family shrines are a thing in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When a member of your family dies, it's very common to have a photo of them set up somewhere of importance to remember them. Sometimes mm-hmm. in a little wooden cupboard type thing that serves as like a little shrine. And it yes. is not uncommon to introduce people who you are close friends with or romantically interested in to your dead relatives. Like this yeah. is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in the equivalent in, you know, I guess American culture would probably be like bringing your, your romantic partner to visit the grave of, you know, your parents or something. Yeah. Like, it's it's not a universal ritual necessarily, but it's kind of a show of our relationship is strong enough and close enough. I feel comfortable with you getting to take part a little bit in this process of mourning and remembrance with me. Mm-hmm. So Kareha obviously considers Ginko a very close friend. She says, I'll never re- I could never replace your mother, but I'll always be by your side. Which is really sweet and also hits really hard when you know what the rest of this manga is going to imply. Uh, Lulu is just not thrilled about any of this because she showed up and expected to be the main character of this manga and immediately reality reasserted itself. So she builds a wall of baggage to... Why we build the wall? <laughs> My children. <laughs> she, she builds the wall to keep Kareha on her side of the wall, basically. goes like... Yep. How dare you, how dare you steal my girlfriend who you didn't know I was involved with and refuses to acknowledge my existence. <laughs> I am going to build a wall between us and, and consider you my rival forever. And Kareha, and she's like, you're my rival and you definitely like Ginkgo. Kareha's like, I do like Ginkgo, but we're just friends. Oh uh, yeah, okay. So, uh... To which Lulu responds by um, drawing a little kitty face on Kareha and goes like, even though you act all innocent, I know you're a thieving cat. <laughs> we are all weebs, I feel, in this room enough to know that Doroboneko is like a common saying in Japan. Um, raise his hand. I, I don't. Oh, you did? Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm, like- I guess I'm not on, the, on, on y'all's level. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Doroboneko is like a very common idiom for like a sneak thief. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I've probably seen this trend in different series, but I've never heard the idiom called out. Yeah, like, um, yeah, thieving cat is just, it's a very common kind of insult to throw out there. It makes sense. In Japan. I did get the vibe. I, You know, sometimes when you're yeah. like reading or watching something from Japan, you're like, I yeah. can tell there's a cultural thing I'm just not getting here. Yeah. By the way, if 
Uh, bon- Sorry, now that I've said this, uh, bonus Japanese cultural cat information. If you are someone who is very sensitive to the temperature of foods, it's very common in Japan to, to be told you have a, a cat tongue. Oh, huh. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, that's kind of the association. Like, you have a... You have a uh, you're particularly sensitive to, t- to the temperature of food, so you you have a you have like a cat tongue. Yeah. I wish I knew. I know the actual Japanese words for the the thieving cat thing. Like dorobo neko just literally means like burglar cat. You can look up the cat tongue thing and bring it back when we record the next episode. I will bring that back if I can. <laughs> I am doing like a lot of self study Japanese right now, so I will just ask my tutor next time that we do one. Mm-hmm. So. Kuriha just goes, how can you call me, you know, a thief when you kissed Ginko right in front of me? And Lou's was like, oh, I knew it, you're jealous. And Kuriha blushes. Back home, Ginko just goes like, hey, can I get home security to be, like, raised to the highest level possible? <laughs> just goes like, has figured out at this point, Lulu was definitely stalking me. And, and she kind of confides in her little surrogate the little plush she uses as a surrogate for her mother. Hey, there's this crazy stalker following me. It's scary how much she knows about me. I really want to get her apart from Kureha as soon as possible. And we very ominous note, given how many horror movie shots we've had, should we get rid of her? Or should I steal Kureha away and lock her up here in my room? And what is this that we're seeing in the last panel of the page? Um, the gate of the door of truth and yeah, I'm pretty sure that she's doing human transmutation there. <laughs> Bringing back her mom! <laughs> it's only going to cost Lulu an arm and a leg. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> that's why, that's why it's, be... it's replaced with a bare arm and a bare leg! Why do you think, oh, she, why do you think she's got the little thing in there? You thought that was a plush toy? <laughs> It turns out you can you can attach a lot of things to a plush bear, including a soul. You remember you remember the uh, woman who takes the Elrics in and teaches them alchemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember she met her husband by, after he like took out a bear. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's how they fell in love. <laughs> they are. They are the bear perfect. was now. <laughs> we know. And this brings us to the end of the chapter. <laughs> This is all an FMA preview. <laughs> you know, I, I know that this is like just a kind of like, you know, screen tone or pattern that you can just drop in that looks kind of ominous, but it just is so incongruent with anything that's been going on so far. Literally everything else. I, right? I, I, I literally want to do like computer enhanced so I can tell if like the script on the inside is real writing or if it's just like chicken scratch. Yeah, I'm sure it's not it's not real or just like yeah. big gestures at script. Anyway, like the splash page for chapter five is the girls in bathing suits uh hugging each other and laughing while they enjoy summer festivities. So um It's super The cute. manga keeps wanting you to think it's gonna be a horror manga and it's not gonna be. No. Yeah. Much to my chagrin. Yeah, it doesn't have that dissonance that, like, Kikurashi, I think, would do similar things, right, with the kind of art. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. but it, it doesn't actually go there. No. Yeah. 
it is a very weird image to end on, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out whose idea this was. Probably the mangaka trying to fill space. So to say, I'm, I'm, I can only assume this was the mangaka sitting there and going, like, I need something ominous for the last panel and the deadline's in five minutes. Fuck it. Well, one of the reasons I asked you guys what it was is because I was making sure that it wasn't something that, like, I just missed from, like, no. a previous shot or something. But then I, like, went back and looked a couple pages and no. <laughs> no, it, and with the text, it could be trying to be a reference in terms of, like, locking her in the room, like, a cage, containment, yeah. like, this kind of circle binding her but there's no magic in this it's supposed to be a magical seal i think yeah yeah it's something like that yeah that makes sense but it makes sense way it makes sense i just it's Loosely. a very weird decision and it might not mean anything yeah I, I you can you can attribute meaning to it and you can logic it out but it it really it's just they, they needed something to fill this last panel and didn't want to leave it black Attempting to logic out something from an Ikuni project is a fool's errand. We yeah. say that, but we, we discovered the significance of the chessboard within an hour. Yeah, you know, you you are right. You are right. I mean, we did. Uh, I mean, I'm still working on the, the stopwatch, so. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do we leave it here or do we move to chapter five? That's yeah. the question. Well, yeah, we, yeah we, we should leave it here because I... Uh, Otherwise, we will go for another hour, and if I have to edit another two-hour episode about this manga, I will probably die. Run off screaming into the hills, and we 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 don't want that. So, well, first I'd have to find some hills in very famously flat Mississippi. Yep. But we've reached the the end of this chapter. How are we feeling about the manga, guys? It got a lot better. Yeah, did you, were you not were you not big on the first couple chapters? The first chapter is a just kind of a just a whiff. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, it's like very funny, but also kind of like, what the fuck are we doing? And then this one just kind of gets fun. Like it, it's fun. Like mm-hmm. you know, Lulu para drops <laughs> in like penny shop first. There's a parasol. The go scene is interesting. It it, it gets good. What about you, Abby? Yeah, I would agree. Like, I for me, it definitely picks up with the introduction of Lulu. Like, I think she just, I really, that's probably in terms of the interactions between the main characters. One of the things I really enjoyed about the manga is like, I feel like we really got a good rapport. And we're not really seeing that just yet. Yeah. But um, I thought her introduction was funny. It brought this lightheartedness, and I did really like some of like the horror imagery, even if it doesn't go anywhere. There's some just generally cool art on these last three chapters, mm-hmm. so I I appreciate that. Yeah, generally I'd say, yeah, Lulu. I mean, I didn't really, you know, I could not. Oh, no. I'm like, I couldn't tell you my favorite character. I do know my favorite character, and unfortunately, I, I, I was going to say, yeah. it's going to be Eureka. Like, I wish I wasn't like this. Um, it was just like, <laughs> I, I would say it's like the Shiori target, you know, emoji. But like, it wasn't even that. It was just like, oh, no, I don't have a choice. <laughs> the way before me had been prepared. But anyway, yeah, in terms of the main cast, like, you know, um, I really enjoyed Lulu a lot more in the manga, and she just is a delight, and definitely kind of picked up the pace a little bit, mm-hmm. um, stirred, the, stirred the pot in a way that was refreshing, in a way that it's usually kind of like, eye roll, this is a beat we have to hit in shoujo manga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Cass? My feelings about the Yurikuma manga have grown more positive each time we've done one of these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> 
my first impressions of the Yurikuma manga were probably a little bit too poisoned by the fact that Yurikuma is one of my favorite anime ever. Yeah. And being the characters I was familiar with, but being so radically different in what it its scope and what it's covering and how it's saying things, then the anime was throwing me off. Coming back to it, I am finding that even though it will never be quite as special to me as the anime is, the manga is very sweet. I yeah. appreciate what it did. I appreciate the characters. I appreciate that Kureha essentially gets her end of the anime characterization within the first like four chapters, which is kind of nice because Kureha really comes into her own in the anime super late. And mm. especially the first time you watch, it can be frustrating waiting for her to kind of make the you know, kind of make the choice to be the person you know she can be. Mm -hmm. And in the manga, she just gets to be that person very early on, and there's none of that tension. And if you were one of the people watching the anime really wanting to see more of that version of the character, the manga kind of exists to, to give you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, like, the vibe I have on it right now, and this is such a weird way to put this, because this is not a... This is a manga that does have some emotional gut punches. It is going to go some places. This is still an Ikuni story. He's still saying things with it. This reminds me a lot of the feeling of reading a manga that's like a gag manga spinoff of a darker, more serious story that exists mm -hmm. just so you can see the characters from that dark, serious story getting to be happy for a while. Yeah. yeah. I do know what you mean. Like, that's kind of how I feel like in terms of seeing the rapport between the characters a bit more. It it definitely has that kind of in that same vein. I'm telling you guys, this is the Kureha Subaki Raising Project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, if unless we have any uh, final notes, I, I feel like we've gotten to the end of the episode. Uh, I think after the note of uh, Go is sex and chess is... Lesbian I don't sex. know... <laughs> Chess is sex on your timetable, hun. <laughs> sex when you're ready. <laughs> then yeah, I think we are uh we're pretty much there. Listeners, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Utanacast. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. Alice, where can people find you online? I can be found on Twitter at Lyrewolf, L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. And if you ever want to ask me any questions about anything, please do. I like getting uh, feedback about the podcast. Blow those notifications up. Cass, where can people find you online? Or where can they find your podcast? Because you don't have a social media presence. The the most wise and pure of all of us. Uh, you cannot find me on social media, but you can find my podcasts on the internet. You can find Alice and I's podcast, Big Steppy, at SteppyCast on Twitter. Uh, that's the official account for that show. We are a giant mecha podcast. We are currently figuring out how the hell to wrap up our long-running series on Gundam Wing, which turned out to be an awful idea to do a, an attempted full watch-through episode-by-episode <laughs> podcast. And I, we have a lot of other ones we want to do, and we just need to get this one recorded already so we can be done. And Abby, where can people find you online? Should you wish to be found. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Abby Says Words or Abby Say Swords. That's A-B-B-Y. Say Swords. Yeah. I do things occasionally. I will have more cosplay content soon. Actually, for once, if I actually bother to post it and edit photos. 
We shall see. <laughs> Time will tell. Time will tell. And listeners, if you would like to support this show, you can do that on Patreon. You can find our Patreon at utanacast.com. And uh, if you'd like to see me reblog Utena fan art on Tumblr, you can do that at imaginemeutena.tumblr.com. And if you would like to come on this show to talk about anything within the oeuvre of one Kunihiko Ikahara, you could do that by filling out our Google form that is in the pinned tweet on our Twitter account. And I think that's it. And if it's not, I don't care. I'm I'm done with this episode. I'm sleepy. Good night, everybody. Gal, gal. <laughs> gal, gal. Gal, gal. Gal, gal. Look for the fairness.